It's okay with me. Open the can of worms. Open the can of worms. <laughs> Are we on? Yeah, we can be on. Okay. We'll just call <laughs> we'll it. We'll just call we'll it right call it now. On. Hey! Oh, what's up, man? Dude. Dude, I'm so excited to be here I right am. Now. Bonus episode. Yeah. Dude, no holds barred. Is that what it's going to be right now? That's what I feel like. Anyway. Do you remember that movie, No Holds Barred? No, I don't. Can anybody? No. no? Hulk Hogan and Zeus? Do you remember that? No, I know why I didn't. <laughs> Dude, Man. It was so cheesy. It's like when I, grew, when I was growing up, I really loved wrestling. Man. That's why I really liked that movie. It was a good one. Yeah. The only No Holds Barred I ever hear is whenever I was watching the WWF. Sure. Yeah. Even more exciting than wrestling. <laughs> I'm not sure there is. Any. More exciting than half naked men wrestling. I, I four fully clothed speak, men at speak, a table. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Dude, we just can't contain ourselves. No. We we have so many podcast ideas right now. It's not even funny. It's a we're literally bat. bursting at the podcast idea seems correct. And so we had to come sit at the table and talk. Yeah. So here we are. And I'm here. For the first ever bonus off-season episode. <clears throat> we of the didn't, we didn't do one last year? No, nah, man. We took it off sure? for sure. I'm sure. We took a serious break. We took a serious well, break. I probably needed this it. T- I don't even think we were really serious about this break. I, don't I think, think so. we just did it as a formality. Yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah. So as always. Going to keep it G-rated. That's right. Gangsta. Gangsta, God, correct. God rated. God God and God rated. Same thing. God flicks. Yeah. Pure flicks. Pure flicks. Yep. So. Great shows, by the way. It's time for our. <laughs> time for our Pass the Salt segment. We're oh, still going to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> this was awesome, man. I love Pass the Salt. It's yeah. fun. When I, when I got this email from you, dude, I laughed. I really did. Oh, yeah. Because it was just. The Michael Boatman email. Yeah. Okay. Young Michael Boatman. Michael Boatman. Send us an email to the salty dogs podcast at gmail.com inbox. And he says this, I had a little fun listening to all of your podcasts for the second time over the last month or so. So not only did you listen to season one and two once, but twice. He times two that he times two it all 39 <laughs> episodes, right? We have 39. Did you send There's him a pen or no. something? Well, I, no. What about a, like a candy bouquet? We can, sounds... send, we can send him something. Okay. Michael Boatman, if you're listening, send me your address. So we can give you a candy bouquet. No, that's not what I'm going to send him. Oh. You can't make promises for me that I can't keep. I think that's a saying. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take an offering and get you a candy bouquet, bro. Don't worry about it, Michael. I got you. Well, I'm going to forward the email to you and you get to handle it. <laughs> so he says, as I was listening again, I made notes of what I thought were funny and inspirational quotes from all the podcast episodes. I love listening and growing in Christ with you guys and your podcast guests. I would also suggest for all your podcast listeners, listen up, to go back and listen again and again, because they will be blessed again and again. Thanks for all you do. Enjoy the Salty Dogs Salty Quotes list. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. And as always, I'm talking rosy cheeks. Santa Claus wrote type rosy cheeks because tis the season, bro. Blow him out of the water. I mean, yeah. And it's not just because it's frosty where he is. Bro, my son has rosy cheeks, but they are so chapped, dude. Like his cheeks are so fat, dude, but they are chapped. And plus I kiss him all the time on the cheek because my beard. Anyway, that's a side note. But I, that's the kind of rosy cheeks I wish upon you. Chafed cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> Facial cheeks. Oh, my gosh. So 
we want you to be able. <laughs> wow. We we want we want you to uh, to download this list, and so it's gonna the link's gonna be in the show notes. But I just want to share a couple, and I, I'm just gonna honor um, the man of the hour, Jeff uh, Little Jew Jewett, mm. who's back. And uh, he's got man three in a row there in season uh, season one mm. episode two just bang boom pow, so <laughs> I'm just gonna read them. Wow, um, you're growing before you're going, and so we're talking about relationship before mission, right? Um, and then I quote: "Anyone with zippers can have kids." That's pretty <laughs> profound. And then um, here's here's one for the books: shepherding is not easy. There's reasons why a shepherd would eat the sheep they were shepherding. <laughs> So that's Jeff Jewett for you. He he made the list with uh nice. with a few quotes and lamb chops. Yeah, that's right. Dang. And and so man, just a just a oldie but a goodie. Season one, episode four. I said, "There's no future version of myself that's more worthy of the love of God." Yeah, I think no. that kind of that kind of hits that home. One. I carried that one for a long time, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a good one. It was. Yeah, season one, episode seven. Casey says, uh, "The Lord doth that which He doeth." So. I think really I just, think you were just speaking to the sovereignty of God. Really, just profound stuff that right. I'm saying over here. And his omniscience and omnipotence and his sovereignty. Yeah, he just framed it a little bit different. Um, Casey also <laughs> says, "I love oxygen." Oxygen. I don't know who doesn't. Yeah. Um, season one, episode eleven. I said, "I feel the Lord calling me to quarter time ministry." <laughs> That's uh, you know, people get the call from the Lord. They're just like, "Man, quarter time, God. I think I'll do it." Casey said uh, something profound, season one, episode 12, affliction creates seeking, seeking creates finding, and finding creates joy. That's pretty good, huh? A mm. um, couple of other, uh, season two, episode one, Christopher said bro-ped. Apparently that was notable. <laughs> so That had to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casey is my favorite, season two, episode 14. Casey wants to know, he's, he's inquiring of the deep things of God, and he wants to know how many dabs could have been a dab dab if a been a dab could dab dabs. And so, yeah. And uh, in season two, episode 17, Derek, you were, you, this is an honor of you. You were on this episode, and uh, one of the quotes that came out was this, suffering and pain produces dependence or independence. Mm-hmm. Right? So just, just a couple there from that list. Michael, we appreciate you. Thanks for sending that in. That was an itemized list. It was. He uh, he really he really did the deed there. He went Christmas ham. On he that, went, dude. <laughs> that's right. He went hamalama bing bang, and uh, hamalam, hamalam. So at the table is uh, Jeff Jewett and Derek Shore, mm. two uh, mighty men of God, and um, also willing individuals to give up a uh, a Monday evening to come sit at this table with us. Yeah, which says a lot about their judgment. Which says a lot about it. Um, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Just you know. Mm. Yep, it says a lot. So I don't know if it says good things or bad things, but we appreciate you guys being back. Yeah, for sure. We, Jeff, we've had some power episodes with you, man, and Derek. We we really had a great one, and so I'm glad yeah, that you guys episode are back for- on on redemptive suffering was a good one, man. Mm. It was really good. It was. Yeah, I, I was I was thoroughly enjoying myself. Thoroughly, mm. through and through, all the way. Mm-hmm. So, bonus episode topic of tonight is repentance. Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those things I'm, you know, I'm talking to Casey and I'm texting him. I'm like, bro, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about that. And this just kind of stemmed from a place of frustration for me because mm-hmm. just personally, I can look back in my life and I see, I see, um, I see some sin that has just kind of lingered for a long time. And, you know, I feel like I've done everything that I can do to fight it. And, 
I, I feel like I've done everything to do to like give it to God. I've said all the words, you know, I've prayed all the prayers. I've cried all the tears. I've been on my knees. I've stood up. I've sat down. I've done a headstand. I've, you know, put my left foot in and took it out and shook it all about. And, <laughs> I mean, I've, I feel like I've done everything mm-hmm. I've heard any pastor, preacher, Bible scripture, you know, leading. I, I just, I feel like I've done it all. Mm-hmm. And I question whether or not there are some areas in my life where I've truly repented. And, uh, and so, man, I just like, we need to, I just want to, I want to hear, I want to have the conversation. Yeah. What, what is repentance? Uh, how do we do it? How do we know we've done it? Have we truly repented? If we repent, nothing changes. What do we do if we've realized we've not truly repented? I mean, I just, I have these questions. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a deep source of inner turmoil for me for a long time too, man. Um, just, you know, just like Rome, what was in Romans seven where he's just talking about, man, wretched man that I yeah, am like, yeah. I just, all the stuff that I don't yeah. want to do. I do. And you know, I, I, don't, I have not the will to carry it out. And <clears throat> it's just, uh, so I'm right there with you. Frustration, mm-hmm. man. I think, and I think it, that's the story of a lot of Christians, if not all of them, at one point in time. I mean, wouldn't you think? Yeah. So I mean, we've got three three pastors at the table who are all wearing glasses. All wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. That's a sign of holiness. <laughs> um, Absolutely. The Lord takes your eyesight, but He gives you the ability to um, teach His word. So you know, I'm, it's I'm a not, fair trade. I'm not there yet. So. Yeah, you're not there yet. That's why you're not pastoring. No, that's you why still I don't have your that, eyesight. That's why every quote on here of mine is also not very profound. Yeah, I just hear for that. well. It's I think it's an issue of pride. It's like you know, I was blind, but now I see. Well, we thought we could see, so He blinded us. Mm. Mm. So Isn't that the truth. Wow. Yeah. Man. So, anyways, I just, man, let's open it up. Let's dive in. And I don't know how long this is going to go. This might be a, a, a listener um, for a little while, but we, mm-hmm. I just really, really want to dive into it. Let's just hash it out. Let's let's dive into repentance. You guys, I mean, typically, we every week that we stand up and we teach the Word of God, we're calling people to, to a, some mm-hmm. kind of repentance because right. we're presenting a way that things are and a way that they should be. And we're saying we need that versus this. That's It's a call to repentance. But um, where would you find gentlemen start, theologian, pastor, students, I would start disciples? With, I would start with one of your questions. What is it? You know, how do we know we have it? Or um, I think I don't like the idea of repentance being an it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason is, is, and we were talking about some of this um, before the mics were on. There's something formulaic about that. Repentance is not what you get. Repentance is what you do. And to that end, it's a journey. Um Jason, I heard you asking, you know, or, or expressing the frustration of a treadmill faith. You know, I'm on it. I'm working hard. I'm going nowhere, it seems. And the same things keep tripping me up. Um, I think there is some honesty in that by, um, by talking about it that way. It's almost as if our repentance is the ability to question our own repentance. Um, if you were unrepentant, you wouldn't be asking those questions. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and so there is there is an awareness, I think, of of that war that we're fighting constantly that is part of repentance. It is not 
in the, in the sense of, of pray this prayer and now you've got it, that is not the case. Repentance is a journey. Repentance is a path. Repentance is, a, is, is it's growth. It's growth. Honestly. Um, and so I think so, that's where we start. So you're telling me, first off, <clears throat> repentance is not a one and done. Correct. It's, yes. not, in, it's not instant. It's not, it's not an instant gratification. And um, one of these scriptures, and you're putting the scripture notes on there, right? yep. on, on the page, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll just go into this um, if I can find it. What's it say? The fruit of repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In keeping with well, repentance, right? And then also, so, and that's that's only one of the scriptures that talks about repentance as fruit. And so, I think um, so part of the frustration is because because we want that instant gratification of being done with uh, what we want to be done with, what we should be done with in our in our minds and you know in our hearts or whatever, and uh, actions or certain sins that keep us you know uh, entangled or ensnared. But I think. And I had been thinking about this a lot lately because uh, I just keep unpacking things about trees, man, with God. And honestly, if we're talking and we're looking at fruit, right, if repentance and keeping with repentance is a fruit, then I think it should cause frustration. Because if you look at if you look at the way a tree's function and the way it grows, do you know how long growth takes before it starts producing something? And I think we want the fruit right now, you know what I mean? But that's not the way that it happens. It, it, fruit is from a process of growth to where you're able to handle it, first of all. you know. And I think, I think we, like I said, we get frustrated because we want it right here, right now. And part of that's our culture. Part of that's where we live at. Part of that is, you know, just... just um, uh, like I said, it's just being ingrained in us to to want and to produce something right now. Like, and we feel, I guess, that if it hasn't been produced right now, that that you're failing in some way. But I think that we we kind of do the grace of God a disservice when we say that you know, or we we think that way about ourselves or think that way about our lives and and uh, and you know just call ourselves these names and like get all huffy with ourselves and with God because He has infinite patience. It's us that doesn't have the patience to see the fruit. He has the patience to watch this thing hash out and for the mm. fruit to be kept yeah. we are the ones that don't have the patience to do that man isn't that weird you know what i mean so so po it's possible in our way in our in our minds we're pissing off god because we haven't we haven't we haven't produced fruit yet but we're the ones that are pissed it's not him man he's watching us grow man it so then it's possible that i have a misconception of what repentance is supposed to produce in my life like Possibly. how or how quickly it should happen or, the or timeline, what it yeah. should look like. Yeah, or what it should yeah. look like, correct? Derek, I want to know some of your initial thoughts. Just well, I, right, I, right off the bat, I think one of the issues is that some of us that come from a, maybe an evangelical tribe or whatever can find repentance to this forgiveness of sin where salvation lies at the end of that. And I think that this this idea of produce fruit in keeping with repentance right there there's automatically a refutation of that of that concept like Casey said it, it takes time right because it's this is process. in keeping with in that's keeping right. with and that's, that's right. and that's part of that's part of what Jesus was talking about vine like I'm the vine you are the branches right and the whole mm. thing our entire reproductive system of fruit relies wholly on connection to the trunk you know mm. what i mean keeping with you know, be, keeping connected, abiding yeah. with the connection is the is, is the is the key there for fruit. But see, with all of that, whether we're talking vine, whether we're talking 
um, tree, whatever metaphor we use, scripture uses all of them, mm-hmm. uh, keep, you know, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. All of this stuff produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Uh, Matthew 3 8 is the reference you have here. So I'll trust you on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, but all of this, I think another misconception we have about repentance is that it is mine personally. Yeah, that's good. And it is a corporate thing. Right. Um, it is a community thing. And there is no personal repentance apart from community participation. Hmm. Um, you can't be part of the vine and be alone. You can't be. You're not part of the tree and alone. That's you're, right. You're all part of the same that's organism. Right. And church. so often I think um, there, is, there is a fallacy that occurs maybe. Mm. Here we are as pastors. Well, three or four of us, whatever, <laughs> Casey. Um, uh, but uh, here we are. It, it it happens maybe in the pulpit. It begins in the mm-hmm. pulpit where we give the quote unquote word with the implication of now go and do it. But then we dismiss everyone individually to go and do this. So there's frustration that's born from that because you're carrying this whole load by yourself and you were never meant to Mm -hmm. growth always happens in community and if repentance is growth it has to be part of the community and i think that brings me to the question um maybe we can tackle a little bit more about what what it is but then how how do we do it Mm -hmm. so i gave the I gave the Greek term metanoia, mm-hmm. which means a changing of the mind. Mm-hmm. I've heard it taught many different ways. You're going one way, you completely sure. turn the other way, a 180 degree turn. Um, or for or, the real smart ones, 360 degrees. That's right. Yeah, go. I made a 360 degree turn. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Yay, you. It's like, yeah, just go up the road, make uh, three rights. And then when you get to the last corner, make another right, and you'll be right where you needed to be. Right. Um, I've heard it taught. Um, it's like a military term. It means, you know, about face or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I've heard that kind of stuff. Um, but really when we get into, um, the meat of the word, I, I, I've taught it like this before. Um, it means, um, changed after having been with thinking. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once you spend time with thinking, you've, you change after having been with thinking. Be so, transformed by the renewing of your right. mind. Right. So it's, it's consideration, it's contemplation, it's meditation, it's, it's weighing, it's using reason and logic in a sense. You see one thing one way, and then you contemplate for such a time that leads you to see it in a different way. Right. Yep. So it's a changing of the mind. You're now changing perception, understanding, um, there's a knowledge aspect to it, but not only from that, it's like, I, I've heard it very simply put, if we can change the way you think, we can change the way you act. Right. But is, is repentance, repentance has nothing as far as I can see it as the, in the biblical term, repentance has nothing to do with conduct. It has everything to do with the mind, you know, metanoia. It's what it's talking about. It's talking about the thinking part of man. Right. But that transformation, like we were just talking about that. What's the verse from, is it Philippians? Romans twelve one. I'm way off. Yeah. That's why I'm not a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and because you don't have glasses, exactly. I'll get it when I. If you had glasses, when you could see the references in the Bible. That's the, I'm doing it all wrong. Yeah. Well, um, but even in the, in that in that very scripture, to be transformed, that word means it's meta, more to, uh, metamorphosis, right? Yeah. It's the same term that's used of Jesus as he transfigured on the mountain. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Right. And but I, I think like the mind is is obviously an important thing here. I mean um 
And if the transformation is a byproduct of what's going on in our mind, you know, and I think of these verses like, you know, keep your mind set on things above, you know, um, uh, where Jesus will guard your heart and your mind. The, t- the two most important components, I believe, in, 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 in I guess, um, the, the locomotive of our faith and our, and our conduct and our actions, you know, your heart and your mind. So why is it so important to guard those things? And honestly, I think that the enemy works in our minds <clears throat> as much as he possibly can, because propaganda is honestly one of the most effective tools of warfare. And if he can keep the mind occupied with these kind of questions, even, even like even asking that question, am I, am I repenting? It, it, am I really, if he can keep us occupied on that, then when the, I mean, why would we change? You know what I mean? If we're just thinking, well, it was us. And so, but propaganda, in it, man, like I said, is the most one of the most effective tools of war. So, Jeff, you said something I think off mic, and you said it's not just um, repenting isn't just um, turning away from something, but it's turning to something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that plays into Matthew four seventeen, Absolutely. where it says, "From that time yeah. on, Jesus began to preach, repent, or let's just put it like this: Jesus came and he said, change your mind. The kingdom of heaven has come near.' He's sa- he's saying like." Mm-hmm the world is about to be flipped upside down the way that you thought things have have been or what you thought life was about or the what you thought about who god was or you know his nature his character and what he wants and his will it you're about to have that entire thing flipped on its head and so i mean how do we how do we read that and then what does that mean for us yes i to some of that, I don't think it's something we can think our way into. I, I, you know, I want to deal with the mind. The mind is important. We do guard our minds and our minds are transformed, but we do not think our way into repentance. Right. Um, it, it, it is something that is both, um, it is intellectual in some sense. It is, it is gut wrenching in another heart mind um and the the marrying component of that is the spiritual man that paul talks about Mm -hmm. um where we are both heart and mind together and this makes us um first corinthians 15 this makes us a spiritual man a new creation um so we don't want to think that repentance is something that we we think our way into it is something that changes the way that we think um, and that's why that's why I we were talking about this um, because so often I find in the church and I'm guilty of this I find in the church that we treat whatever component of the gospel we are dealing with the gospel is not one thing the gospel is a massive uh, you know a massive conglomeration of of the kingdom of God coming and so um, we don't want to oversimplify that but oftentimes we talk about the gospel. And then we turn around and we tell those that are listening to us what they should not do um, or what they need to stop doing or the sins they need to get rid of and all of these things. And we've made it a gospel of, of negation, get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. And God is always calling us to take on. We never get rid we always replace. I, I just have to interject real quick. Hold your thought. When I was in high school and I came to the Lord, I came under the false pretense that being a Christian meant I have to I had to give up everything that was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was more about what I had to get up and give up and trying to live up to that expectation right. 
versus what I gained. Mm. I mean, that was my entire Christianity. But that was your definition then of repentance. It was what you didn't do. Gospel of sin management. Right. And it fails every time. Every time. Every time. Um, and it is a gospel of frustration. It is not gospel at all. It's not good right, news. Right, it's right, just not good, good news. <laughs> um, it's a it's a frustrating. It's a it's a gospel of works um, that will ultimately damn us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I think that that key repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. What you said, Jeff, entering in. What if what if repentance is how we how we understand God in a new way. And the range of his effective will is where we, mm. where we understand our life to be headed into. Right. And yeah. that, then, then the gospel of sin, if I am understanding myself in the kingdom, why do I want to get angry? Mm. Well, if I trust God in the kingdom, why do I have to look out? Why do I have to struggle so hard to meet my own needs? It, it just changes I, I think the gospel of the kingdom and getting that changes everything we often talk about the missio day the mission of god and i think um i think at this point even that verse from matthew four seventeen, from you know jesus preach repent for the kingdom of god has come is profound because up to this point, John the baptizer had been preaching the kingdom of God is near. That's right. It's near, yeah. it's near. And Jesus says, it's come, yeah. it's here. So now repentance means your kingdom alliance changes. Which changes everything. Everything. The direction you're yeah. heading, yeah. the loyalty. Um, so often we, we think repentance and faithfulness go together, and they do, but not the way that we treat them. It's not repentance, stop doing this and be faithful to God. It's this idea that my faithfulness, which is in this sense, um, the Greek word is pistis, um, Calm down. Can you say that on a podcast <laughs> like this? <laughs> it, um, uh, but uh, it Boop. means it'll be our first bleep. Of yeah, the podcast. yeah, yeah. But it means it means um, fidelity or loyalty. Yeah, well. And so, in this sense, we're talking about loyalty to a new king, a sovereign king, not Caesar, not the Kyrios, the Lord of of this present kingdom, but mm. now the Kyrios, the Lord of of this coming kingdom, this future kingdom. So I think uh, repentance in this is moving into that reality. So there's faithfulness that is loyalty that moves us in this this mission of God. So it gives say, us direction. So you would say it, was a, it would be a change of allegiance? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Faithfulness as allegiance. Think mm, of that. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah. you're, you're slaves to the one that you present yourself absolutely. to. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, of the, so. one of the things using even the term kingdom sometimes is troublesome in in our world where we're especially Western in America where we don't democracy understand. we're in a democracy right, right, not a king yeah. right I, Brian Zond uses the term the government of God <laughs> yeah now yeah. if I understand I'm aligned with the government of God mm-hmm. now I function that way yeah I for me that's helpful yeah. in understanding repentance as falling in line with the government of God mm-hmm. yeah. and the range of his effective will, reducing the range of my own effective will, trusting in him. Uh, we have, I, yeah, I think that that gospel that we talked about earlier, that's not really gospel, the bad news of sin management, <laughs> uh, yeah. is so reductionist. Yes. 
and uh, such a beautiful that's the government of god is a beautiful picture it's a beautiful thing it is good news mm-hmm. it is good news so one of the one of the things that i had been considering recently about repentance is that i've i've been focusing on specific behaviors mm-hmm. and i think it's good to get some of those things under control and the lord's just sure. reminding me of this because so last year in in January, we started Sunday morning services again, and one of my well, my first sermon was "Repent, for the kingdom of God is near." Mm-hmm. And I talked about how we need to have a, a just a, a a totalitarianistic repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's all encompassing; it's everything. It's not just. Uh, I talked about repentance before, like um, being on my knees and crying out to God and saying, "God, I don't want to feel this way anymore." Well, who did I just make it about? I made it about the way that I feel. I don't Mm -hmm. want to sin like this anymore because I don't want to feel guilty or I don't want to feel shamed. Now, God doesn't want us to experience guilt or shame. He doesn't want that to continue Mm -hmm. on us. But if I'm coming to repentance so that I can feel better, well, then what has that truly accomplished? And so when I talk about this maybe holistic repentance, when we repent and we we give our allegiance to to the king christ the king and god's kingdom when we shift our allegiance and we start to fall in line with his government his ways and we say yes teach me teach me lead me guide me um he's gonna take a holistic approach right he he's gonna mm-hmm. bring to life yeah. all of it's a fire yeah. sale dude yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a fire sale. It's, it all's gotta go, go. Yeah. everything's gotta go it's not just mm-hmm. I'm going to continue living the way that I've lived, and I want you to tackle this sin because this is the one that makes me feel bad, right? And I think that's a misconception that I'd had. So I had been trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I allow that repentance to invade every area of who I am versus just compartmentalizing it to the places I feel bad about? There is habit that is important. Yes. Um, you know, we can we can talk about the spiritual component, Um in kind of this nebulous way of thinking, you know, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's esoteric. It's, it's cool to think about and ponder and real trippy. Um, but the, the reality is that there is, I love that word. <laughs> there is a, um, I, I repented. I do not love that word anymore. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's why I'm not a pastor. <laughs> so, so tell but, me how you but, came to that repentance. That's what I want to know. Yeah, How'd you get yeah, there? Who did yeah. it? You well, or God? <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing is there is, there is, um, a participatory aspect in, in our life. Right. And I think this is where the importance of habit forming, um, does play into this. I, I'm thinking of second Corinthians five, what is it, 18 through 21, where Jesus, or Paul, um, Paul is talking about um, that Jesus, you know, has this ministry of reconciliation, yeah. reconciling. Bringing um, back. Yeah, and it's not just people, but reconciling all creation uh, to himself. Of course, that ties in with Romans 8. Um, but here he is, he says, but now I have given you, now you have this ministry of reconciliation. Um, so there's this participatory aspect. So we are participating in this missio day, in this mission of God. Um, but along the way, we are forming habits that look God-like. And so there is, I know this doesn't go well in our grace-saturated, greasy grace-saturated culture, but there is, there is participatory work on our, it doesn't save us. 
but it it is required of us. How we form our habits is essential to how we will engage the mission of God, which is fruit, which is repentance. It's funny that you said grace because that's what I have pulled up here as as my idea because I, I, it is grace, yeah. not greasy grace. I'm I'm a Dallas Willard guy. And Willard says, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Right. Effort is that I habitual. I was literally just trying to look up that quote. Yeah, yeah that's um, a yeah. grace. is not opposed to, to effort, it's opposed to, to earning. earning. To earn. So this is a process of grace. Now, what we have to understand about grace is it's not just this thing I need to become saved. Right. Grace is God's love in action in my life. Thus, Really, it should take me as a believer, I need to be a, a larger recipient of grace mm-hmm. than a sinner. Mm-hmm. Grace is that thing that enables me to turn around, to enter into a new kingdom, and to recognize the kingdom it's the, I'm in. It's this idea that if there's this amazing breeze you see blowing the trees outside, and you want your house filled with the 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 unlimited mm, air yes. outside you see the trees moving you see everything blowing around open the window. you got to open the windows yeah, yeah. to be filled that's right um that's and right. so that's um and and so grace in that sense and because we think we think grace is is the moment of salvation. Well, I get grace when I'm saved, which you do. Yes. The thing is, is that's not where it stops. Grace is the unlimited resources of God's kingdom being poured out that's in right. you, through you, and in all aspects yeah. um, of your but life. You, but what's what's the name for 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 pre-salvation grace? What what's the the grace that? Well, I I this is dust a, off your systematic yeah, theology this is, book this is a wesleyan dogmatic um which is which is my tribe um and w- we call it provenient Prevenient. grace there you go. now okay. at that point we would it's precisely at that point that um the wesleyan dogmatics would differ from say a calvinist dogmatic um it is precisely at the point of provenient grace yeah. that we kind of begin t- our disagreements on some things but it's, it's grace. Yeah. but as a believer and again i go to willard because he kind of finishes this thought in a couple of his different writings the believer should burn grace like a jet airplane <laughs> a jumbo jet burns fuel mm. on takeoff because it's unlimited wow. because it's unlimited wow. and that rush in and what I'm receiving of God's love in action, I've opened the window, right. the breeze is coming in, and repentance is just a part of yes. receiving that yes. and being present for that. There is an amazing story in John that illustrates this that 98% of the mm. evangelical world has missed. It's, the, uh, it's Jesus turning the water into wine. I am the 2%. <laughs> good good um yeah but uh um you know here he is um he says to the you know we all know the story they ran out of wine um and uh so he says to the servants uh fill up these purification vessels um mm, here are yep. these purification vessels that were part of this covenantal system that was coming to an end in christ so fill it up fill these vessels up to its fullness And then he says, now go and draw out some of this water and give it to the master of the feast. The thing is, is in the Greek, there is a different word between drawing out water from a vessel 
and drawing out water from a well. It's it every Greek scholar, every Greek scholar agrees that this is this this is a different word. We come to this passage. Jesus doesn't say go and dip water out of the vessels. He says draw water, and he uses that Greek word draw water out of the well. The idea, I think, is the old covenantal system, the sacrifices, and the the works that that attempted to earn you merit that's full that's complete and i will be the meritorious work but now through me there is an unlimited supply you can keep pulling water out of the well Mm. for as the more you pull the more is replaced that's right um and so it is an unlimited supply that's amazing um amazing grace There, there's a scripture. I'm glad you. Went, I'm glad you went to grace because it makes you. It reminds me of the scripture, and and I, I feel like I had a, a really great question concerning repentance one day. It's the scripture that says, like, do you do you presume upon the the riches of his kindness? Um, do you not know that his kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Right. It's even Paul says he poured out his immense grace upon me. Um, so that, you know, I might be an example. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that. And it was an example of suffering. Right. But it's, it's this unlimited grace. It's this love. It's this kindness. It's this patience, mm-hmm. right? God is not slow as some of you consider slow. He doesn't want anybody to perish. And so all these, these attributes of God, um, it, it's talking about his kindness is intended to lead us to repentance and, and so I thought about, you know, if I've not truly repented, then do I not understand his kindness or do I not understand repentance? Like, what am I missing? <clears throat> wouldn't that, wouldn't that fall into, and I, and I don't want to make light of sin, obviously, but I think the more and more we wrestle with that inner ter- turmoil, I think the further and further towards wretched man that I am. And the wretched man that I am moment is, I believe, where we understand more, I guess, as you were talking about, the kindness, right? And this, I don't know, man, like, I just keep, this screams a prodigal, you know what I mean? The the going one way, right? He has a change in his mind, what am I doing? And he takes the road back. The problem is, you know, he didn't get teleported back to his father's house. The problem is that he had to go back the way that he came, mm-hmm. you know. And when we were talking about grace isn't earned, it's, what was it? Grace is isn't not a, opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Right. And he came back and he came back wanting to earn, you know, but the father's grace was there for him. Mm-hmm. And so that, that to me, I don't know, that that's the story of repentance. One of, one of the many stories of repentance, and, I believe. It's just a really deep, he had, like I said, change of mind and he went back, man, you know, the way that he had came. And so we, we, we frustrated the entire way. Yeah, man, like I'd be cussing myself up and down all the way back down in shame to my father's house. You know what I mean? But the, we, Yet the we brother got, who remained righteous, quote unquote, never went into the party. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I think we understand, we misunderstand with the prodigal. We say, okay, he went out and did this bad thing, this bad thing, this bad thing, and it kind of led him farther and farther away. The real understanding of prodigality is waste. Right. right. He wasted Lavish. what was what was there for him. 
what if our understanding of repentance, if we understand it wrong, doesn't that push us that, that we waste we're wasting grace wasting we grace, miss exactly. we're missing the lavishness that is available to us mm-hmm. or the another word um, associated with that uh, prodigal another definition associated with prodigal is without restraint mm. and so I remember thinking about that and saying you know um, the the father himself was um, prodigal in his love for his son because yes. it was without right. restraint yes. and it was wasteful. Yes. He wasted, yes. right? You know, um, you you think about the pro, the prodigality. I like the I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> prodigaliciousness, <that>. prodigaliciousness, <laughs> prodigalicious. <laughs> but uh, you think of the the you think of the prodigality of Jesus wasting wow. himself. Dang. Um, you know, I mean, because that's what he did. I, I, he says, I poured myself out um, wow. in suffering, even to the Snap. well, yeah, to the point of death. Um, Casey's and feeling it, and and in that in that story too, in that prodigal story, there is, and in this man, this ties so much in with repentance. There is this aspect of covenant in there because who Jesus is telling the story to are those who had thought themselves secure because they were children of Abraham Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and there was no repentance there. Um, one of the verses you printed for us, Jason was that, you know, Jesus says, I, I can raise up who did Jesus say that? Hold on. Yeah. Okay. God is able to raise stones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tell you. Yeah, God is able to raise uh, these stones and make them into children for Abraham. Right. Um, but it's this covenant aspect. And uh, repentance Repentance is part of that covenant aspect with God because... Um, oh, yeah, because... because, because and, I, and I don't want to... The prodigal, I don't think we should view it in... I, I just use that as the example, but I don't think that we... The, the, the prodigal... You know, is not the point of that story because the point of the story is the who's the father's love, but it was also the the father's lost. He said when he came home, "Behold, my son was lost, but now he's found." It was the it was whose was the loss? The father was who lost his son, right? And so I think which what you were saying, like you know, we we didn't think or you know. He'll raise up stones for, but he 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 had lost something, right. you know. And I think that when we get that into our minds as well, I think that it causes a, a, a kind of a revelatory change in our mind. Whose loss is it? You know, that well, God has he, lost something, and and by the end of the story, like I said earlier, he lost another son. The son of mine who was dead is now alive, but the son who had remained again, he's speaking to the faithful, the quote unquote faithful of Israel. Hmm. Um, they knew who he was talking to, and they knew which role they that he was alluding to that they played in the story. They were the elder son. And by the end of the story, he had lost another son. Um, the story is left unresolved. Did he go in? Did he stay out? Um, and Jesus was, in a sense, saying to those around him what's your what's your you, part in this you write you write the ending man. right yeah and here's repentance you, that, go, I mean, you that's going repentance. in a party or not you know yeah so i i looked down and saw proverbs 123 and this ties into what we were talking about with our thoughts in our mind it, it, so it's like well when do we repent well it says repent at my rebuke when the father rebukes us right we ought to we ought to consider the error sure. of our way 
But then he says, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. Mm. So he's saying, you change your mind and then I'll tell you what to think. So it's got to, it's contingent on him. Just like our faith in him for forgiveness, salvation, uh, for, for the spirit being poured out, which is Jesus glorified, right? This Jesus who you crucified, you know, he, he's glorified. Therefore, the spirit is poured out. It's all about what he has done and what he is doing and not about us. All of it has to come back to him. I mean, in his doing, does it not? Well, yeah, well, that's the question. One of my main questions of repentance is who does it? Do I or does God? Because there's multiple scriptures that says you repent, you repent. But then there's scripture that says, perhaps he'll grant us repentance. And he says, I'll put my spirit in you and I'll cause you to walk in my yeah, ways. Well, is it me or is it him? Who is it? Yes. Who does it? Well, tell yes. me how. I need to know how, Jeff. That's why I'm here. Yeah, you know, I I'm like, getting sassy. So I like I, need- <laughs> uh, I like ridic- I think in in pictures, and so and I like ridiculous pictures um, sometimes. And so one of the ridiculous pictures I use is um, yeah, you, you have a f- oh, no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna insult you. I'm sorry. No, you, I'm good for it. You, you're you're very fond of your wedding album. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous pictures ridiculous pictures um the one picture the one picture that i i i uh, wanted to keep and i was like yeah we've got to have this picture from my wedding was uh when the photographer went up on the balcony and took a picture of the crowd and my wife was like oh that's that's so nice you wanted to see who was there the only reason i wanted it was because some dude was picking his nose and i i wanted to see if i could make her pay for it so um so anyway that was <laughs> side a, note side note has nothing to do with anything um and now my nose itches um but uh <laughs> so your ridiculous a, picture a moment yes. of repentance for him <laughs> yeah. yeah but um ridiculous image there we go a ridiculous um a thought you know it imagine Imagine a large wooden galley ship, um, you know, the, man, the, the, the sails and, and this thing. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, absolutely. Kind of Just massive thing. The Black Pearl. The Black Pearl. And, there it is. And in it's floating in a swimming pool, <laughs> right? Okay, so there's obviously something wrong. It's actually Where really funny. Where has the rum gone? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, so here's this, here's this image. And metaphorically speaking, the swimming pool is like our life and sin is like this ship that has just dominated wow. our life. And there it is. And so often what we do is we recognize it. Okay. This seems like it's a problem, right? I've got a <laughs> I've got, I'm going to enunciate. I've got a ship in my pool, right? <laughs> All right, you can you can uh, thank me for my enunciation. It was just a baby. Yes. Well, and I have yes, this flashback of Bill Murray. We so, didn't have right. to exit the pool for <laughs> yeah. to get but, cleaned up, right? Um, um, again, repentance will come later. Yes, um, but uh, um, but but there's obviously this problem. We've got to get rid of this thing, and so in our effort. In our effort, what we'll do is we'll start taking this thing apart, this this plank by plank and 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 little bit by little bit, and we'll get rid of it. But the the job is too big and it overwhelms us and we get frustrated. And actually in our frustration, what we start doing is we start rebuilding mm. the ship. Um, because that's what we know. It's the biggest thing in our life. And so even though we hate it, we go back to it because it's, it's what we know. And if you take that out, I have no identity. I don't know who I am. See, the problem is... just a shipless pool. That's right. 
That's right. Woo, this could get bad really fast. Come sail um, away. <laughs> but, uh, um, but there, we focus so much on getting rid of it. Repent, repent, repent. Get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And the issue is not how do I get rid of the ship? The issue is how do I fill this, the pool? Yeah. Because the best way to get rid of it is to just fill the pool to overflowing and it, it will just float out. Snap, son. Um, now, there's some flotsam left over, and God deals with that. But, um, you know, little by little. But, but he sails that thing out of there by filling us up. Repentance is being filled with the Spirit. Absolutely. One of the problems, though, with trying to take it apart plank by plank is now we're back. That's sin management. That's right. We're, we're, yeah. we're really not changing the, the view. The change of mind is is beyond it's beyond our sin management it's our attitudes towards the widow the poor mm. it's our allegiance to caesar or not right those that's really the ship so yeah. we're, we're still looking we're looking at the ship yeah. but it's not even the ship that's the problem <laughs> there's right. another ship in there <laughs> <laughs> the good ship lollipop. There I don't we go. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pool just full of ships, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Um, sorry, sorry for that. <laughs> I, I feel like that still, it still leaves me with the question. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me just make this mm-hmm. statement, <clears throat> and maybe it'll maybe it'll take us somewhere. I've I've been realizing more and more recently. Uh, the process and when I that's a that is for me that phrase the process is loaded and it's multi-tiered multi-leveled multi-dimensional to me in my life that the process that God has me in it it's it includes all of my life all of my relationships uh, my relationship with him my relationship with scripture my relationship with the spirit um, growth, it being a disciple. I mean, it's just, it includes everything, just the process that I'm in, you know, this life. So the, the will of God, um, is that I become, uh, conformed to the image of Christ and that will happen. I, I taught a message called, uh, our glorious destiny in Christ mm. that my destiny, he, those who he, he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the likeness mm-hmm. of his son. In Christ, our destiny is to be conformed into his likeness. That's a glorious destiny. Um, And so my life, everything in it, all of my relationships and everything that I'm going through is is leading me through that process of sanctification. And so the Lord is using all of the resources of heaven being poured out into my life to bring about this transformation. And so I think where I've gotten hung up is thinking – Again, that repentance is something that just happens and all of a sudden I wake up one day and then I haven't struggled with this. Hmm. And, you know, and so I, I guess kind of what I'm hearing is, you know, it, I repent, but the Lord causes repentance in me, you know, how, which it, came it, first, the chicken or the egg? The, right. Exactly. That's, and, and maybe I'm thinking of it too black and white. Maybe no, it, no. Listen, you, uh. The the Israelites, the Hebrew children in the land of slavery were put on a different path, okay? So if you use this story, which is the dominant story um, 
told of deliverance told all throughout scripture it is the if you it's had the to story pick, of us man yes okay their repentance in a sense led them to the wilderness right you, under, you understand that yeah repentance like these questions the struggling that the struggle is yes the, and the struggle that i think that, I, before i'm going to interject before you right. go off on this but it's it is about deliverance i want to be delivered right that's that's the whole frustration i want deliverance from this right and and so i just wanted to because deliverance right. i think the, the want to be delivered obviously and the, and the want to be delivered was obviously they're crying out to god the children were in slavery and they were crying out to god that's what they wanted they wanted it's deliverance re it's rescue deliverance right, exactly. Is rescue. It's rescue exactly so go but, ahead Jeff. but but rescue for there's always got to be hope you're always rescued in a direction Right, so for them it was the promised land. Now, they had spent so much time in the land of slavery, they could not, even though they could imagine that they wanted the deliverance, they wanted the rescue, they even imagined they wanted the promise, they still kept acting like slaves because they had gotten that slave mentality. So God leads them not to the promise, I mean, and we know the story, we know the decisions that were made, um, but he leads them into the wilderness. Now, it's interesting what we have done with that because when we tell the story now, we say, well, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, all of scripture, um, if, we, if we look at all of the times it says that Israelites wandered in the wilderness, it's twice. Every other time, God Good. says, I led you in the wilderness. You see the questions, the wilderness, the struggle, um, that is part of the process and it's God's leading us. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that you've come through the Red Sea, but it does mean that there is a Jordan in front of you. Hmm. And isn't it interesting, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and then where did he go? He was led to the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted um see repentance in that sense where we're getting on that path first first leads us to the wilderness and then we go okay so now we get it we've we've got rid of the slave mentality now it's time to enter into the the land of promise in that sense though the slave mentality has perished in the wilderness where it belongs but it doesn't mean that the work in the promised land is any less you must all of this god tells joshua to tell the people all of this i have given you as an inheritance every place that you step the sole of your foot so you've got to go in and take it there's still jerichos and ai's to fall along the way um and so there's still effort right but it's not the effort of the wilderness. It's not the killing off of the slave. Now it's the realization of the redeemed. One of the things that strikes me, when you use the term process, and I don't know how you view that, I view that term a, a little bit more negatively. I view that as a kind of a mechanistic term, <laughs> and I'm suffering under a mechanism. I like the term journey. It's sure. a path. It's, yep. it's so all yep. those things are encompassed, but the, he, they were led. So they were still. There was still God was to Yahweh was still with them. Yeah, and He's with us in the journey. He's coaching us. He's coaxing us. He's come on, come on, follow me. That and that's what Jesus picked up. That follow me. And so I, I don't know. That's just kind of me. Yeah. Sure. In yeah. that, no, and, I understand, and I, I think. I would. I think I would say yes. I mean, journey. 
And I, and I, but, but I still think, along with, you know, um, the the wilderness, man. That was a long time. You're talking about a long time, and we're, I'm, st- and I'm still going to harp on growth, man, because yeah. if repentance is a fruit. We have to see it in the light of being on the branch. If we're thinking about it being on the branch, that means we have to see the branch in light of us. If we're looking at us as a branch, we have to see it in the light of the connection to the trunk, man. We have to view this, and it takes years. And I don't know. And like I said, we are so ingrained. With instant no. gratification yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. in our culture, okay, that has been ingrained in us. It's intrinsic in us almost. It's, it's systemic in us. And we're so, and that's part of the frustration. It is grow. It has to be. There's no, you know, there's no other way around it, man. So, you have to be born into the kingdom, right? Okay, you, so you have to start as something completely new and it, it, takes years for you to gain maturity so why are we yeah. so so upset because it's taking god arrogant it's it is it's arrogance it is it's arrogance to think that i should be somewhere other than where i'm at right now yeah so so my question i mean i had a list of questions here at the beginning the question how do we know we've repented is that a bad question yeah a little bit I think um, so. yeah um uh, yeah tell me I, and yeah the reason it the reason I would say yes um with some hesitancy, not much, but um um is because it's a matter of it's focus, isn't it? it are is we focus are we focusing on that? It is focus. Um and it's a matter of position. Um and I mean that geographically in in a metaphor sense, metaphorical sense. Um um again, like the Israelites, they were in the wilderness. Okay, so they weren't in Egypt. There is a shift in position that I think is important. Um, that is that we we need to recognize, and that is part of repentance. Um, now, the the change in focus, um, it's always repentance is always moving us in a direction. We do not if we if we stick to this concept of turning around, 180 degrees, whatever. Um, we we don't just turn around and stand still. It's always moving us in a direction. And repentance to that end is hope. Um, we've got to know where we're going. So I like the idea, you know, we talk about root and fruit. Um, I like the idea that faith is what we know. Hope is what we believe. Hmm. Um, and so what we believe is based on what we know, but it's leading us in a direction. And, and that hope, um, I think... And I don't know, I've just been playing with this in my head um, the last few days. But um, I think that maybe hope is the future tense of grace. Or I'm sorry, of faith. Yeah. Of faith. I agree. I Um, agree. I think that's a good way of putting it. Let me uh, uh, kind of respond to the question a little bit differently. Sure. We're in the Christmas season. We're heading to the Christmas season. Advent. We're in Advent. Thank you. I apologize. Your systematic uh, theology is showing, Jeff. You know, no, yes. That Zip that up. Um, <laughs> Sh- so, shouldn't have read all that doom. So, so how do I know if I've repented? Have I received the gift? Do I have to, if I give my kid a gift, do I have to ask if they've received it? They just receive it. They take it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's part has some to do in that of part of your question. So it's as something well. that happens to me, man. Repentance happened to me. The Lord, maybe to use the Wesleyan term, proveniently brought you to repentance. Sure. 
you know, back to him and he's offered himself, have I received it? Do I, do I say, Lord, I receive you. And maybe sometimes we question too hard on some kind of, uh, losing the, losing how how this goes. We we question too hard on, we're, we're looking for something maybe more concrete then there's going to be. I, I just receive it. I feel like maybe that's where I'm at. Yeah, and um, in your in this verse here it says Peter replied, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness mm. of your sins." But there's a promise attached to that. It says, "And you will receive yes, right. the gift, the gift right. of the Holy Spirit." And so I think, mm. and and this goes into like what you were saying. That that's a truth. Okay, he the Spirit has been poured out that is a biblical that is a that is a godly truth it's there and just because i don't realize it or recognize it or receive it does not make it any less so in my life and i think a lot of people look around and they want this experience right they want the experience of it coming through and that way i know that i've given that i have the holy spirit that's not what he says you're going to be given the gift that's it's a it's a holding on to that truth because his truth trumps every other truth man so my truth in my mind in my mind is that no i haven't received the Holy Spirit because I don't, I'm not speaking in tongues or I don't see any of the manifestations. The truth, his truth, the objective truth is that I have received it. Yeah. And so all I need to do is not look to anything else and only say, you know what, that is the truth. And when I keep my mind, my mind on that fixed on that truth, rather than my focus on the fruit and, or if I see the fruit or the gift, or if I see the gift, my mind is set on what is truth. And that truth will begin to manifest itself in my life changes your heart there you go it changes your heart it gives you that then then you look back and say oh, i did receive it there and and yeah. i received it there yeah and I, I received it there so so it's interesting i just had a thought if i'm if i'm continually looking at lingering sin in my life as a telltale sign of whether or not repentance is happening in me like is it is that I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I like a, um, there's a lyric in. Don't say YouTube, please. Switchfoot. Okay. (laughs) Oh, even worse. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Creed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is really great. Sorry, man. I'm I'm good with it. Um, Taylor Swift once said. (laughs) Yeah. 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 A great prophet of our time. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Now, um, there is uh, one of their albums. They they have this line in there, a little resurrection every time I fall. Oh, there you go. And this is, this is the idea is, um, our, our hope when we talk about hope and direction and, and, uh, and, and, you know, moving into this kingdom, mm-hmm. the faithfulness, loyalty, this, this changing of our mindset so that we have a loyalty to this whole new king in this new kingdom. Um, then what that, what happens then is, is when we fall, we fall in a different direction. Um, I Please always, don't say fall forward. Well, <laughs> no, no, we fall forward. No, but uh, no, um, we fall forward. We fall forward. Yeah. Um, no, I. There was I, years ago. I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a pacemaker defibrillator. Sometimes that defibrillator goes off mm. at the most inconvenient times. And one time I was, uh, one time I, I was uh, doing a, a funeral, a graveside on the side of a hill. And I was standing in front uphill of this open hole. 
And um, I was having a bad day. My heart wasn't doing what it needed to do. And this thing kept threatening to go off. And I was like, I was like, man, if this thing goes off, I'm going in that hole. I mean, I have no control. I have no control over the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm falling. Mm. But there, there is, and, and I have no control over gravity. But I do have control over the, the direction I lean. Mm. Yeah. Um, and when life hits. That's good. Um, you know, when life hits and, and there's, it will, there's, yeah, it will. There, and there's, no, yeah, and there's and our, will. there's our effort. Um, yeah. this is why every liturgy, um, in for 2000 years, every liturgy, well, longer than that has included corporate repentance Yeah, right in the church. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do I repent? Like Nicodemus, be born again. You yeah. know what? You know what a newborn baby does? It cries because sometimes being born sucks. Wow! Look! 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 Right where I'm at, John three, um, right there. But again, Jesus and Nicodemus. How do you? Wow. How do you repent? Yeah. God yells. God yells to your spiritual mother. Push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa! Say what, that again. What's your? <laughs> what's your? What's your part in this? Your part is to be born. And, and who's the? And who's the mother? The church, right? Yeah. Because the the, the bride of of Christ, That's right. you know, and That's so right. being born again, and and I, man, and I'll tell you, man, with Ezra, my son, like I said, those those profound things. When you start thinking of yourself spiritually as a baby, when I start thinking of myself as him spiritually, all of a sudden, that I guess that weight uh, kind of gets a little lifted off of me. About I was like, man, because they're. I was thinking about this, this, you know, how they have those little, those little toys that have the, you know, the recta- the shapes and then they have the blocks. Right. And so watching him do that or this little ring thing, you know, where you put, where he puts the rings and I watch him because it's so funny, man, because he does it and he gets super pissed when he can't do it. He likes literally throws it on, the, he gives up, but like, or when Is he that does that Greek word again. Yeah. Pissed us. Yes. And so, and so, but like when he, when he puts a proper, and you were going to edit me. Yeah. And, and when, and the, the, when he puts it, but when he puts it into the, listen, when he puts it into the proper, the, the right block into the right hole, right? Like it's for him, it's a, it's, a figuring out of something, right? But I look at that little contraption in comparison to my understanding of the world around me, and it is he doesn't know anything. Yeah. Who who can know? How can he know the the you know the biology biology of a tree? He's still stuck trying to put blocks inside of holes. And I think sometimes, man, where we have to understand is that as our as we grow, we learn more and more. But our understanding of what's going on spiritually, we have zero understanding of the, of just how f- deep that goes man we're still children trying to put blocks and holes man when there's a whole nother understanding and realization to be had through growth and maturity man so i and i and i think that kind of takes the takes the weight off of us a little bit man and not not to excuse sin mm-hmm. but to understand that that through this growth this growth this maturing you know because sooner or later a child of god becomes a man of god and so in that process i use that term loosely because i didn't want to make make derek <laughs> journey 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 is a good word in the journey right, right. and uh, we pick up those things along the way and we learn through maturation or maturing is it martin luther that said all of life is repentance i'm not right? a lutheran you're not uh, well <laughs> neither am i but you know i read you might have said that but yes. i google i yeah, google stuff yeah. something like that derek's all of life been pointing is a, his pen at so, me for a second so. yeah so well, i mean it 
repent. So let's just maybe solidify our our understanding. Repentance is not a one time thing. Correct. Right. I, we I would continually, agree with that. And it's not an isolated thing. That's why I said it's, it is even, corporate. And even if we we view it in the kingdom too. But what did Jesus say? The the kingdom of God is like. Okay, a mustard seed, right? Mm -hmm. And then it grows into a tree. The kingdom of God is like Mm -hmm. uh, the woman who put a little leaven in the bread until the whole Mm -hmm. lump. Right. It's growth. It's it's all. It's it's an implanted Mm -hmm. thing, something that is sown in us, sown in us, and the natural process is growth until it completely takes over that mustard tree took over the garden right that leaven took over that that bread bread. took over with its growth it's a it's a um yeah it's a relinquishing of control giving up your kingdom and allowing the kingdom to infiltrate it's an allowance for growth so i'm thinking of several things kind of that i think speak into this casey's made the point multiple times about the time so is maturity, and Jesus tells us that unless we're like children, is maturity recognizing that it's less about me and more about him and just becoming childlike and being able to receive? And, and is just, and just that trajectory of trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I was going to get to. Phrase. That's what I was going to get to as well. And this is where it's going to come into a couple of things uh, God has been speaking to me lately, which is just be, man. Yes. What does a branch do? What does a branch do? It does absolutely nothing. It, I'll do, tell you what it does. It does a couple of things. It sways in the breeze, right? Yeah. That's it. But the number one thing that it does is it produces leaves to do what? To For the process of photosynthesis. That word photosynthesis literally means putting together with light. What did Jesus say? Live in the light there as I am in the light. So all a branch does is spread its leaves wide to soak in and absorb light. Okay. And the, and the fruit produces itself simply from the connection. The number two that I want to wreck Ezra, Ezra does nothing for me. He is not a productive member of my family. All he is to me is a product. He is a recipient of, of my love. He, he's just, he's just a recipient. That's all he does. And then like he, he makes, he, he goes around my house in a circuit. Okay. Pulls everything off the, off the, off the tables. He gets in everything, craps his pants, yells, cries. He's sick right now. He wakes up at night, keeps me up at night, but that does not deviate. He is an object of my affection and that is it. And all he has to do is be, he doesn't need to worry about if mommy and daddy are going to take care of, he doesn't need to worry about that because just in the same sense, I don't need to worry about that. That's God's problem. That's God's. That's His responsibility, not mine. All mine is is to simply be. That's how it. hard does Ezra have to work for his sonship? Mm. Mm. There's that's nothing right. he can nothing do he can to do. lose it. No, He's a son, man. <laughs> sorry, bro. You're stuck with that's me. You know, exactly. and that's the same way. God's is sorry. You're stuck with me, man. Because you're my son. Yet right? there is this reality with Ezra, with all of my kids. Is I, I do expect them to grow up exactly. Um, I mean, there yes. and there is discipline, and there are you right. know yes and do as yes. and don'ts, but that also comes with maturity and being able to understand. Right, right, right. I mean, this is I I come back to this constantly because I think this is so necessary to our our understanding is this concept of missio day from the beginning. We were given the vocation of multiplying, filling the earth, and bringing it under good stewardship, good rule from the beginning. Thank you for not saying subdue. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stewardship, yeah, much. It's, yes, um, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah, because because yeah. Anyway, people are gonna hear subdue and say, "See, I can throw my crap out the window whenever I want with my Jesus fish on the car." Um, <laughs> I'm gonna idiots. throw my Jesus cup out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but uh, um, but this was this was it from the beginning, yes. um, and and so there is growth. But there's growth in a direction. It's always in a direction. And this is the kingdom of God. We're filling, we're, we're managing, we're stewarding mm-hmm. God's, um, all of this. Um, right. and, and whether it's in our homes, it's interesting too, in our faith journeys, um, I'm totally taking that journey concept and I'm going to run with it. Thank you, Derek. Um, but uh, um, in our faith journeys, uh, you know, we, we teach, we preach this concept that Christ turns around and says this great commission to the disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. You know, disciples, what is a disciple? How does that begin? Well, it begins with Jesus saying, follow me, and then mm-hmm. spending three years with 12 dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, now he says, now go and do this the same way. He doesn't say, go and tell them to show up once a week and come back next week and you're going to get some killer teaching. Mm-hmm. He says, follow me. This is what church is. Or go and say a prayer. Right. And or go get and, into heaven yeah. when you die. No, it's follow me. And guess what? Along the way, you're going to have Peter shooting his mouth off. You're going to have, mm. you're, you are going to have a Judas um, that runs off into the dark, John says, into the dark, but, but after Jesus had washed his feet. You know, you're going to have these things, um, but follow me. Now he gives the same commission that he gave to Adam and Eve, go and make That's disciples right. of all nations. Fill the earth. Fill the earth. Yeah. Um, and it's the same process. And so in this sense, um, in this sense, repentance is that direction. We've got to stop thinking of repentance as a thing, as yeah, an it, good. and start thinking of it as a direction. That's good. Um, I, I would just want to go back to Proverbs 123 again. He, this is, you know, he's saying, repent at my rebuke. Um, then I will pour out my thoughts on you. I will make known to you my teachings. And so it, I feel like the command, um, the command demands a response, Mm -hmm. but it's not a demanding. I think it's an invitation. And I think that's what's happening here is that God is inviting us into partnership in, in that process and that journey with what he wants to do and, and do in our hearts. Um, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, mm-hmm. some of my favorite yeah. scripture, yeah. Yeah. because God is making a promise that he's saying he's going to do something that I know that I've I not been able it. to do in myself. Love it. Mm-hmm. Like I am utterly powerless yeah. to, to do this heart he's, transplant. Yeah. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your, all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a mm. new spirit in you. I will remove from you, your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. So what does it say that we do in this passage? Mm-hmm. What, what what do we do in that passage? At, I think it's partnership. I say yes, God. Right. It's it's sonship. I, I say yes, I want what, that. What happens in the very next chapter of Ezekiel? You tell me. Dry bones become a standing, right. enfleshed, yeah. God-breathed army. Hmm. Um, what did they do? Well, they they became an army. How did they become an army? Not because they got themselves out of the dirt, but God did that. Right. Now, now this army needed to do something as a result because armies do something. It's always moving in a direction. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, and this idea of rep- repent at my rebuke, um, there are times I, I don't think we should soften the discipline of God. As a parent, um, I've said this to my kids, you know, um, go clean your room, whatever. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll make something up. I say that a lot. Go clean your room. Um, and they come out and they say, hey, Dad, can I, whatever, can I get yeah. on electronics? Because that's the idol I serve. Um, that, they, they don't say the second part. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, <laughs> At least your kids are honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I may, I may have uh, put that okay. second part okay. in there. Paraphrasing. there. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hey, Dad, can I get on electronics? Did you clean your room? Um, well, no. Okay, go back and clean your room. Okay, and then they come out and they do it again. And there comes a point when I say to them, you know what? I'm not even talking to you. I have told you what you're supposed to do, and I've got nothing else to say to you until you do that. And there are times when God says to us, you know what? I've told you. I've told you. Now go and do that, and then we'll deal with the next thing. But we always want to deal with the next thing without, we always want to get to the promise without walking through the wilderness. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's looking towards, so, and I think this implies trust and uh, a faith issue because in my mind, so if I'm looking forward to the fruit or wanting to be somewhere other than where I'm at, where I'm looking on to the next thing, okay? So I only exist in one place and that's the present. God exists, it says time is in his hand. And so he exists in the beginning the present and the future at the same time. That's his realm. The past and the future are his realm as well as the present. And so my only realm that I can operate in is the present. Mm. And so if I'm looking forward to things that haven't come to fruition yet, then I'm, what, what trust does that, is that trust? Because it's not. And is that faith? I don't think so because it's, it's, there's a lack of trust, right? In my, in my word. Well, I'm not this, therefore, you know what I mean? And it causes our focus to be on what I'm not rather than what I should be doing at the present time, right? One thing at a time, like just one thing at a time. Let me offer one other thought on this repent at my rebuke mm-hmm. and I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. I think of it also another way to look at it. If there is an ice cream store on one side of Kellogg and my kid's on the other side of Kellogg and he sees it and he gets real excited and runs towards it, I'm going to rebuke him. But it's not because I don't want him to have ice cream. It's because I don't want him running out on Kellogg unchecked. And I think that's... That's, I have to confess, I was, a, I was a parent who parented from a negative point of view very consistently. And so when I read that in a new, in a new mind that I have now, I read that as, dude, stop. The wages of sin is death. You're going into a, a direction that has pain and consequence involved. If you, if you stop, if you turn around... I will make known my thoughts. I will walk you up the street and across it safely, and we're going to get ice cream together. Right. And isn't it amazing what we do with that message in particular? Mm. Um, The wages of sin is death. Um, So what we've turned around and said, well, you sin, therefore God's going to kill you. Exactly. Wrong. That's so wrong. That's wrong. God's not... God's not... He's letting you know what's happening. Right. It's our own trajectory. Right. Um, It's... I, I mean, it's as simple as 
a refrigerator being unplugged from the wall. It's gonna, the food's gonna rot. Um, You know, it's just that simple. And so, so this has, has separated us from God. It's not God saying, now I'm going to kill you. It's, it's God (laughs) saying, I'm the giver of life and, and you're, you're not plugged into me. Um, but we've done that. We've said that. And we've said that in such egregious ways. And instead we've changed it now. It's not that, that God, the father says you sin, therefore I'm going to kill you. Now, instead, we say, you sinned, you sinned, so, so I'm going to kill my son. Mm. Yeah. That's not what he did. No, right. no. He didn't do that. He said, you sinned, so I'm going to come and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you pile it all on me. And Just, yes, I'm going to enjoin myself back. To, I'm right. going to draw you back to right. me right. by going through this death process right. and bear that for you so that we can be reconciled his kindness leading you to repentance Mm -hmm. and and it's again it's that direction think of philippians chapter 2 the kenosis the christ hymn right um right that have the very mind of christ in you i was just about to say what about the mind of yeah have the very mind of christ in you who being in the very form of god did not consider equality with god a thing to be grasped but emptied himself yeah and he took on the form of a servant, uh, became obedient to death, even the worst kind of death, even death on a cross. Yeah. Therefore. Now, we have the same trajectory. Um, so, so we stop there for a minute before we get to the therefore. And what we realize is everything that belongs to the kingdom of this world and not the kingdom of the world to come was crucified with Jesus. Right. He piled that upon himself. So in the same sense... When we get to that point of repentance in our life, what there is a crucifixion we, that must die. If it belongs to this present kingdom, it must die. Therefore, then God has highly exalted him. Mm-hmm. It was the step down that was the way up. Um, going, you know, the way up is always down. It's always the way. It's down. always it's always down. Therefore, there, God has highly exalted him, given him a name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth will confess that He is Christ to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. To the glory of the Father. This is this is our trajectory, is to the glory of God. But we we do it. And I think sometimes our climb up the ladder, Brian Zond, you mentioned him. I think he said this. Um, I think sometimes our climb up the ladder has us missing Jesus God on the way down. On the way down. Yeah. yeah. I, th- yeah. Are you, I, th- I thought that was Henri Noun. <clears throat> I'm not sure. It wasn't anybody at this table. No. So, so something that I something that I probably need to grasp is that my repentance is to the glory of God. Mm. That it's not right. So, I think I've been looking at my repentance still. I mean, even just a year ago, I feel like I was wrestling with some of this stuff. But like thinking about how my repentance affects me and mm. how it affects my guilt and my shame mm. and my this, and my relationships and that kind of thing. Like, you know, David said. I've sinned against God and God alone, even though he'd killed a man, right? I, I mean, with his wife. yeah, right. and, and honestly, I want to go, David, really? I mean, that seems a bit hyperbolic. That seems some, like some hyperbole. Uh-huh. I've sinned against God alone. Um, 
man, the way sin is talked about, especially in the New Testament, is primarily in our interactions with each other. Yeah. Um, our sin with God is meted out in our, with in our relationships yes. with each yeah. other. Yeah. So, and so is our service to God. Well, right. But even essentially his, his sinning against um, Bathsheba and his sinning against right. Uriah was sinning against Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Because yeah. of them being made in the image. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So how do we... I mean, what do what do we say to people? I mean, what what do you guys have to say about to me? You've heard my questions. You you we've kind of hashed some of this stuff out. What what do I need to know about repentance? Leaving the table. Well, I'm one trick pony, dude. You know, and for anybody else struggling with the same, because I, I'm telling you, I did this for a long time, and you know that, Jason. And my road has been just riddled with failure and failure, perceived failure. You know what I mean, but. The more and more I come to the understanding of just be, you know, and don't worry about the fruit. Don't worry about those things because those things will come in time. And uh, and honestly, and the connection and connected to Jesus and Jesus is the way to the Father. And so my way to the Father is through the Son and being connected to Him intimately in the Spirit within me. You know, you know, uh, I'm in the Spirit, the Spirit in me. I'm in Jesus who is in the Father, therefore I'm in the Father because Jesus is me and the G- he's, Father's in Jesus and so the Father's in me. It's just, it's all a question of being, man. I think we put so much emphasis on doing and, uh, man, I really like that when he's talking about what he said about grace, that grace isn't opposed to effort, it's right. opposed to I earning. Agree. And I think that um, when we stop when we stop trying to produce in our lives, because, um, and I'll just take it back to trees again, um, because I had this thought as well about the production of fruit, because a lot of times when I walk onto a job site and I see a branch that's overextended itself, it's pushed its growth, you know, because it's like because of a phototropism, like trying to grow towards the light, or it's just it's growing and pushing and pushing. I think sometimes in our lives we 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 try so hard to produce and and to grow ourselves that we overextend ourselves. And you know what my job is whenever I see a branch like that because it's a hazard. My my job is to cut that branch back. Mm-hmm. And so my advice, honestly, um, is to be okay with where you're at and and stop trying so hard to be something that you're not right now, but in time will be realized. What if my actions continually hurting those around me, the ones that I love? Well, there is a point where there's a big E on the I chart. And with some of the stuff you do have to just say, knock it off. Right. Just stop. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, we can, we can over spiritualize some of this because, um, it, the effort is, I believe, in establishing good habits. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't want to miss that because we can, we can talk about all of this around the issue, but there are some things. Yes, there are broken aspects of our life. There are psychological aspects, all of these things that play in. But at some point, there are things in our life that we absolutely do have control over and we establish a different set of patterns. So I want to say that clearly and say, you know what, um, if there is something that you are able to to cease and desist right now that is hurting others, hurting yourself, hurting your walk, whatever it is, um, and you have power over that and it, it, you control it and it doesn't control you, then stop. Um, then stop. Um, but if it owns you, if it owns you rather than you owning it, Man, there. I, that's where that's where the the truth of what we've been talking yeah, about lies. Yeah, and I, in no way do I want to diminish sin, and in no way do I want to right. diminish uh, right. habits that have been formed. Um, because I, I I believe very 
um, that there are things that happen to people uh, that cause deep seated issues within them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So counseling and things like that, and even in my life has been really important and I need to get back to it because there are sins in my life that are just like, you know, there I'm in the same way. I'm just like frustrated. It's like, when, when will I stop? But I have to honestly, and I, I, I you know, I have to honestly look at that area in my life and say, have I really given it completely? Every, every area. And I think, and and so, and even in the places, if I say yes, I find that as hubris. I find it as arrogance. You know what I mean? I think you really have to take an inventory and say, because, and I'll use this because I've been reading a lot of Watchmen Knee lately. And I'm telling you, man, if you ever get the chance, there's Jason put it in the notes. Um, yep. It's called Normal Christian Life mm-hmm. by Watchman Nee. And I recommend anybody listening to this podcast to pick up a copy of that book. And it is amazing. But it's saying um, offering yourself, or don't you know that you're a slave to the one that you offer yourself to, right? And so have I offered myself completely to him, right? And and if I'm honest with myself, I have to say, if if that is an area of my life that I have completely relinquished to him, then I would see that area under his control and not my own. And I and I think um, the more and more, like I said, but in my mind, I'm going to say, okay, I'm just going to be, you know, <clears throat> but take that self that that self inventory, and and honestly, it's going to have to be a heart to heart with God because He wants everything. He's not wanting part of it you know because um uh he's talking about in that book about man it's i'm losing it right now um how how he wants completely everything i'm just gonna leave it that you just got to read it man because i can't i can't read it i can't even think about it right or think of it right now what would he say but with that you know give it to god give it to god i mean that's a a good preacher thing to say give it to god Um, but it's so much more profound than just saying give it to him but here's a here's a good habit to facilitate that is don't let it be a private matter between just you and god Again, you the mean confess your sins one to another and you'll be healed? Man, we should and pray uh, for each other. We should, uh, wow. we should, that should be like a Bible verse or yeah. something. Yes. Yeah. I wish they'd put that in there. Man, that'd have been, a, yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a good one. Living in the light, though. That's, I mean, that's honesty, is it not? Right. Living, living transparent and, and you're right. Like conf- confession. We, uh, we confess a lot to God all but, the time. Um, but somehow it's not real for us until we confess it to another person. But, but you know what? Um, I recently, last year, um, entered into a accountability relationship with, uh, with one of my buddies. And we were supposed to hold each other accountable. And uh, honestly, I didn't give myself fully over to that. And then uh, we joke about it, and I, I I joke about him breaking up with me because he needed true accountability. One of somebody who was one hundred percent into it, um, and really, really trying to to handle some of the sin in his life, and and I just wasn't putting forth the effort, so to speak. Um, and after we quote unquote broke up, I think it's so funny. Um, I approached the Lord about it, and honestly, I felt like God said to me, I wasn't ready for that level of accountability. Mm. Not, not that I was immature, that me personally was not, I wasn't ready for that level of accountability. And when we talk about like confessing our sins one to another and communal repentance or communal redemption, whatever it is involving the body to come around to help people really get some freedom. 
um, yeah. in repentance and confession. That I th- I think the majority of people aren't ready for that kind of accountability. No, in their life. and it's a cultural issue yeah. Um, yeah. because we live in a con- me yeah. individualism isolated right. isolated right. too. Well, yeah. and and this this me focus, but at the same time, we will confess anything. We'll we'll tell you anything. We'll we'll own it and we'll own it proudly. We'll own our sin proudly, um, and so confession is not just spilling your guts and vomiting over every, everyone around you. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something more profound, it, innately relational. Um, that you're recognizing that your sin is not just affecting only you, that it is affecting the people around you. So confession is brokenness that sees the other person whom you've affected with your sin and going, oh man, I've got to tell you how I've been sinning against you. Mm. Um, and boy, that changes things. It, you know, and then when I hear that kind of thing, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, enduring the cross, despising the shame, because that's exactly what we're going to have to do if we're really going to get rid of some of this crap that's been plaguing us for years. It's the cruciform life, right? Cru- cruciform. Yeah, there we are. I knew we were going to get back uh, yeah. to cruciformity. Gosh. But, but, it's that, but that, implies, <laughs> that implies one thing. And Derek, Derek was one of the biggest helps with one of, my, one of these recent times of, of life where I was asking all these questions. And he's like, you know what, man? And he explained the cruciform life to me, which is uh, the, the, the common tendency for, man, or for people is to put their hands up to guard against... Mm-hmm which is a defensive maneuver and if you he said the cruciform life jesus is positioning his 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 uh the way that he was his, physical was, his, yeah. his, his was open his arm his arms were open and he was vulnerable mm-hmm. to every attack and so even when you're confessing because you're vulnerable and there's going to be some attacks you know what i'm saying attacks on you but you you have to be completely and vulnerable it's not always going to gonna turn out peachy no i mean it before for jesus yeah before first. he was raised yeah. he was killed that's right, that's right. So. Yeah, it's it's not you know the more honestly the the closer I get to the Lord, the more I'm like Isaiah, who was just like, woe is me. Yeah. You know, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among unclean people. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm disgusting, right? What a wretched man I am. Um, which, in turn, shows me my greater need for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's just de- completely dependent. Um, but the other thing is concerning pastoring, leading a church, whatever it may be, um, the the longer I do it, it's not long at all, but the longer I do it, the more I realize it it is a messy business. Yeah, people are jacked up, yeah. bro. So are it the preachers. just wasn't for the people. So are the preachers. That's <laughs> it what wasn't I'm for us. This thing would be nice. And thank God you guys are here. You know, <laughs> here's you, you said okay. So where do you take people? Yeah. I I uh, preached this this last weekend, and I, we're just preaching now. We got I, time. I used it even at a service this week from a friend that had committed suicide, mm-hmm. and it's Zechariah's prophecy, and I the, the way it ends is so beautiful. Where's it at? It's uh, Luke one seventy uh, sixty seven, where I'm going to reference. So it goes to the end more towards seventy eight seventy nine. And, and Zechariah has, it's, it's messianic, but I think it's reflectional on, on, on what Christ does for us. And so he's telling his son about, about the covenant of Abraham that they've been involved in and all this stuff. 
And then he tells him how that he's going to show people, and this is John the Baptist as his son, he's going to show people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of the sin. And then he says this, which is just one of the most beautiful lines in Scripture to me for the past, certainly the past two weeks as I've been struggling with these things. Because of God's tender mercy, uh, the morning light from heaven is about to break in to give light to those who sit in darkness Mm. and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the, that, that I have a trajectory of a certain way, but that is God's trajectory towards me. It leads you, it oh, leads you somewhere, gosh, right? Gosh, it does lead me somewhere. I mean, Jeff kept saying it, right? Yes. You repent in a direction. That's right. And this is, this direction comes. And, and to me, that's, that's been so helpful. And even as I think in my own life of sin, the issues that I still still deal with, I think, man, if I get them out in the into that, subject them to God, if I allow them to be subjected to God's tender mercies and pushed out in His morning light, here I am in the shadow of death, and He He shines light on me and says, "This is the way, son. This mm-hmm. is the way." Yeah. I I just think personally, something I'll take away from this that I'm reminded of. Like when I was reading this earlier and I I brought up that word partnership that we partner with God in mm-hmm. repentance. I, mm-hmm. I really believe that. You know, yeah. that scripture says, When I rebuke you. I mean, the Holy Holy Spirit is in us, leads us, guides us, is our counselor. Jesus said, uh, He, Holy Spirit, will convict them concerning sin and righteousness mm-hmm. and judgment. And so that's the work of the Spirit in us bringing me to convictions and and rebuke and so the lord's going to correct me but then i ha- i have the opportunity to partner with that so it's like well how do i know like how do i repent well i seek the lord's heart mm. and when he brings mm. things up and he shows me like hey you've been this way with your wife you need to be this way with your wife you know, I mean, there might be times where he's like, you don't talk to my daughter yeah. like that. Mm. And then there's some times where he just says, you were really a jerk. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, I was. And I can partner in that. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then I'll say, well, then how should I be towards her? And he'll love her it's in a, gentleness it, and kindness. And It's an alignment into the direction. Yeah. Right. You that, have a, that's good, you have too. A, you have a process or a, the ability to align in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> You said process. I was about to say. Did you say process? No, I didn't, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. Mm. Shipping in my pool. (laughs) Shipping in my process pool. Shipping fools. We'll need to to repent of this episode. Not so much. No, no way. Jeff, any any final thoughts? Oh, this should this should take a while. So get comfortable. No. <laughs> He's got nothing. Wow. He said it all. For the first time in my life that I've seen Jeff, that I've known Jeff, he doesn't have anything He's like, to follow no, up. Well, I'm sure I've got something, but I, I don't know. No, I'm I'm crashing. I don't know. My brain's shutting off. I, okay. you, I'm on overload. Yeah. So it's good, it's good yeah, stuff. It is good. The holy hangover. Good. That's yeah. what we like to call it. It is good. Have, have confidence. Uh-huh. That's what my word is. Have mm-hmm. confidence. True. Yeah. In the Lord. In him. Confidence in the process. Yeah, that's the, right. Uh, well, in your the, partner, in your journey. But the journey he talks about being a, 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 a parent and a child. Yeah. Man, I remind my kids, when we go to someone's house, I always say, you know, we're, we're walking in. I always say, you know, you're Jewets. 
Well, and someone's going to come and you're going to come to me and say, but such and such is doing, I don't care. You're a Jew. And so, um, and that'll never change. Um, except it does change the behavior. And so in that sense, we do rest in the fact there is safety, there's security. There is, there is such a profound aspect to that. And so remind yourself, rest in that. Of who yeah. you are, yeah. Because yeah. most of my things that I've had to repent for, yeah. certainly lately, have a lot more to do with me not resting and trying to wrestle. Yeah. And if I just rest in who I am and in whose I am. Yeah. And just be. That's right. Could we do a mashup of Let It Be and Ship of Fools? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Casey. Yeah. <clears throat> 2019 is right around the corner. Quite literally. And do you know what that means? That means a new season's coming. That means season three is on the way. Mm. And I cannot wait for it. Casey and I were texting back and forth the other day. We're like, yeah, I know we're all excited about it, but you know, I I feel like um, just about as serious as I'm getting in in my personal life and with some of the conversations that I'm having with people, just about the seriousness of life. I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, we're so flippant sometimes. You yeah. know, um, we want to tackle some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, mental health. Yeah, mm. addiction. Hmm. Even more so than we did, um, and I and I yeah I, I think it's time to get serious about a lot of things and a lot of because a lot of people are like you said man people are jacked people up. I'm one of them by the way I'm one of you guys so you know I'm not saying yeah. that from a from a no, higher than perspective but it's, it's true. true man I, and I we think, never have the luxury of just talking about it right if we talk about it we got to do something about it yeah right and, I I I feel like we need to bring a whole. Uh, a new level of vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. Season because, three, dude. Yeah. Take, we're, we're taking the mask off. We're pulling back the curtain. We're going whole ham. Yeah. In the land we're of We're going ham. all in. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some other fun news. Tell it to me. Um, did you see the email I sent out? I did, but I want you to tell me again. I think we're going to live stream all of our podcasts on Facebook. Like live stream season. so that like. Like cameras in our face alive on Facebook while we record. That's an upgrade. It is going to be an upgrade. Guess what else we're doing? Just, that means I have to look a lot better than I do. Nah, you're time. fine. Don't oh, worry okay, about great. it. Yeah, That's we'll have lighting. It's all in the lighting. Oh, okay. it's all camera tricks. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all tomfoolery. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> not tomfoolery. It's it's <laughs> foolery. Yeah. Um, here at the Source Wichita, where the Salty Dogs um, podcast is recorded, we're building a broadcast studio, and so we're going to have a dedicated space where we have a podcast table. I just bought a conference table. It's like a big six foot round table um, where we'll uh, we'll set up shop and it'll stay there. Mm. And so that's going to be legit. Um, part of the broadcast room means we're going to record podcasts, but we're also going to have uh, the ability to record video and do live streaming from the broadcast room. And we're going to install lighting. We're putting up sound panels. Um, we're building some false walls where we can do some other video stuff. And so just some really cool stuff happening with the broadcast room coming together. And so we're that, you know, the salty dogs podcast is a ministry that functions out of the source, Wichita, the building here in, in Wichita. And so we're partnering with the source um, to help funnel some funds into that. And so um, we've had some Patreon givers here for the past couple of months and everything that they've given has actually gone to help buy 
um, some of the equipment and help some of the renovations that are happening in that room. And so we're super grateful for that. And I, I do want to give people the opportunity to continue to give to the podcast. We're not lining our pockets. Yeah. And Um, and, man, I, and I know when people start at, when ministries start asking for money and stuff, it's always like one of those, like it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. But I want you to know in, in no way, I mean, we can take care of this ourselves, but we're just giving you the opportunity to partner with us if you want to. And, uh, but this is very dear to me because I'd never thought, and I keep saying it, man, but I never thought that we would go from just this idea of, Hey, let's just do a podcast to where we're at now and where we're heading and the trajectory, right? The direction. And, uh, on this is, it's been a wild process. It had, a process. <laughs> I knew it. Um, it's just, it's near to me cause this is where I'm serving. I'm, I'm serving. We we're serving. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it, it is a service. I, I feel like it is a service. And you see, but here's the thing, like with, with ministries and ministries asking for money, like, here's the thing we don't on it. We don't need money to operate. Correct. Um, but what is happening is, um, just in the way that we're partnering with the source, we're able to, to funnel funds into a ministry that exists to be a ministry to mm-hmm. ministries, right, right, and because we're also going to when that when the pot, when the studio gets built, there are going to be other ministries podcasting from that that's from our hope. studio. That's yep. the hope. So, so that, it's not just it's not just us. It's it's right. Multiple yeah, I want I want to I want to help other podcasts get started. I want to help other teachers create videos and resources. I mean, I'm in web design, graphic design, videography, podcast. I'm in it all, and so that's just my heart. But what I was going to say is the the truth about. This podcast, I mean, we get emails all the time, yeah. people that are affected. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one thing when we're like, hey, let's get together and have fun and record these conversations. And then you start hearing from real people. Yeah. Literally all over the world. Yeah. Canada, Ireland, Amsterdam, yeah. Mexico, people who are listening to the podcast and are saying like, you guys are really helping me grow closer to the Lord. That's not like we were just entertained by what you were saying, but people come away and they're really, they're listening and they're saying, I want more Jesus. That's huge. Yeah. And so I'm like, if that's the impact we get to make, I want to continue doing that. I want to do it to the best of my ability. Absolutely. So again, thank you guys for um, supporting us. Uh, You can, you can go to saltydogspodcast.com. And uh, there's a tab that says support us on Patreon. But if you scroll down a little bit, there's also a place where it says um, you can give a one-time gift as well. And all that money funnels through the Source Wichita. We have a finance team who oversees that. It's all nonprofit, tax-deductible stuff. So it's legit. It's not like you're giving to my PayPal. You know, and I'm just like transferring it over to my bank account. So just just to let you guys know. So, man, I'm excited about season three. Man, it's coming. It's going to be good. And will, will will you guys come back? Jeff and Derek Lee. I'm I'm debating with there's sure. video. That's fine. Yeah, that's a little weird. Oh, is that gonna weird you out? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a little weird. Man, I think you'll be okay. You wear a hey, bag you, over your whatever, head. Whatever you live stream your services on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah but the but the live stream is super fuzzy. You can't right, really make out right. any of his face. You okay. know no, I'll just I'll so, put you in the dark corner. I already sound like Elmo. I don't <laughs> want people to know I actually look like him. <laughs> That's funny, man. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the bonus episode. We couldn't wait to. We couldn't wait, so we had to do one in between seasons. So that's right. Enjoy the music on the way out. There's the 808 right there. 808, Derek. Give it. Give us a fat groovy on your way out. Boom, baby.